Hello, everybody, all the hammerheads. Welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I'm here with my friend, Vic Mattis. We've got a lot for you on the show today, including, most importantly, a guide to drinking vodka responsibly yes. in the time of Russian aggression. That's right. Politically, an, collect, politically correct drinking we of have vodka. Freedomly correct vodka That's right. drinking. Uh, we have a, we have an expert on the subject. Oh yeah, can't, Vic, can't wait to meet him. Both oh, it's drinking me. and it's actual right. vodka and its and its origins. And then we've got a, a bunch of other stuff. We've got some Vegas talks, some parties. A little bit, talk. yeah, 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 parties, yeah. sure. Ukraine, State of the Union, which we're going to forecast for you. Yeah, we are soothsayers. Right, right. No, we'll we'll tell you uh, how it went. Now, so that's that's our that that's the best kind of journalism. It was amazing, wasn't it? It yeah. was. <laughs> so thank you for being with us. So what's been going on with you, Vic? Uh, a lot, a lot. As you know, we finally revealed on the bonus episode of the Sub Beacon at subbeacon.com. Subscribe on Patreon. Our big trip to Vegas. Jonathan last, of course, went hiking. In the Shenandoah, but Sonny and I went to Vegas, and a perfect match. For it everyone. was a perfect match, and uh, you know Sonny's very much, very much in line with his personality. He prefers playing poker, you know, adversarial, and also mm-hmm. don't talk to me. And I play craps. Please talk to me. Yes, everyone you know, talk to be me. my friend. I would like to be the most popular person at this table. You know, even with the dealers. So I'll, you know, we'll just be betting together. And sometimes that, the act, that actually of the craps that actually worked out once when uh, I said, you know, if, if the guy throws out a crap on a come out roll, then we all win. And I was just I gave him like five bucks or whatever. He rolled the guy rolls a twelve, so my five turned into seventy. Look at you! Because the odds of throwing a I was just like, wow, how did he do that? But anyway, good times, good times coming back. But I will tell you this: the week before Governor Sisolak had announced in Nevada, Nevada that he was uh, lifting the mask mandate indoors, meaning indoors at the casinos, in the hotels, which is a very big deal. So we come in the following week. I would say 95% of people indoors, maskless. Nice. Like crowded in the casinos, in the pits, in the elevators, in the champagne. Oh, no, 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 I'm just kidding. uh, In all the other places (laughs) without... Definitely no masks. And that was encouraging. And then flying back here and then it's like, oh, great. No more masks. And you go into the supermarket. You're the only one maskless. Yes. It's, yeah. a, it's a different environment. Uh, it is. Vegas was on the cutting edge, the vanguard they are. of opening in, the, in 2020 and 2021. Yes. They had and to they come back. And they bragged. You know, first of all, you're dealing with some risk takers. That's exactly okay? right. They're taking the risk, <laughs> the risk benefit analysis. They make this every day of their lives, Sec- every hour. Second of all, Vegas does boast very good ventilation systems. Oh, they're pumping in that oxygen to keep you awake. Yes, and, and they got to suck the cigarette smoke out. Yeah, yeah, they do. And I, this is what I forgot is that people still smoke indoors. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you get that strange Vegasy perfume plus a residue. It's the residue. Of, of yeah. cigarette smoke. And That's it, right. It is much better than it used to be. I act like that's I'm, like, I'm, I'm no. some wisened gambler no, who's right. been right. going to Vegas for 20 years. Right. But it a is recovering much better. Recovering degenerate. It is much better than it used to be. I can imagine, though, in Vegas, in the intervening time, people must have been smoking their cigarettes through a little, a little hole yeah, in the mask. Yeah, a little hole through the mask. No, so it was nice to be there uh, with, with all these people, you know, willing to take a big gamble on the masks. Yes. On the masks. So, so that was it. How are you? I'm good. Well, you and I went to a party together last week. And I barely saw you. I know. I think well, we talked for two minutes. Well, both of us are quite in demand. 
So we had to schmooze Wait. with yes. everyone. No, I, I, it was the Free Beacon 10th anniversary. Pro- I can't believe the it's The Washington Free Beacon 10-year anniversary, uh, of which I've only been directly a part of it for five years. But it was crowded. It was. It, it was, was crowded. my first real normal-feeling party. Now, I've been to smaller gatherings yeah. that felt normal. But this was a big bar venue with a lot of people just yelling over the music and nobody caring what they were spitting on anybody else that was the vibe the old like the (laughs) like the good old days like the good old days and i saw you you couldn't get two feet without running into somebody who either you wanted to talk to you had to talk to or you needed to talk to exactly and so because of that i saw you in the distance and then the next time i and same thing with my wife kate she came separately and i saw her and then we split up yeah and then that was Divide it until the conquer. end of the night. Divide and conquer. And you ended up, I saw you, you found a little cubby hole in the cactus room. I did. In the back. And I so did. people would come to you. I don't think you I, were ever alone. I, I was ho- just... holding court. No, I talked to a bunch of great folks. I talked to the writer of the light beer piece. Oh, yeah. We could really, the one and only Tim Rice. We could, get, we could t- <laughs> yeah. chat about that. That's right. He could recommend things it to me. It was very nice. I talked to Eli Lake. Oh, yeah. Lots of, lots of people that, you know, especially... An interesting person to talk to, not just because he's my friend, but because he knows the Ukraine situation and foreign policy very well. And there was one sign in particular that this is the kind of party where no one's going to be worried about COVID. And that was? And it was the mugs full of free cigarettes. (laughs) That's right. On the high boy tables. Well, to be fair, they were Marlboro Lights. Okay. (laughs) They were not unfiltered reds. Well. No, you know, we're reasonable. We're being healthy. It uh, was something. It was a good time. Yeah. It was a reminder of days gone by. We yes, and 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 I hope you stuck around for the lovely in memoriam that video. That was my possibly my favorite part. With apologies to all my friends who I enjoyed seeing, but that <laughs> cracked me up. There was a montage of journalists who have come through the Free Beacon and sadly been lost. Lost to the mainstream lost media. The, it was our, our dearly media. departed, and they themselves found it very funny. And it, it was, was very done. Uh, so props to. Uh, uh, Thalia uh, Ramper said, uh, and and Zach, our other friend who uh, helped us put this together. Yes, and it was very much like those Oscar in memoriams. It was it so was very right. fun to be there, that and it. that that did crack me up. Yeah. I also uh, took took the kids on a field trip this weekend. You did, and I I'm, I promise I'm not trying to be one of those parents who brags about their kid on Twitter, right? Oh, my child held my forth child's... on foreign policy right. and uh, and the, Latin. the global order. But my six year old did. We've been talking about the war. We talked about the war in Afghanistan. Uh, we try to keep it chill for a six and an eight year old, but we we talk about it. Does she ask it. questions about it, or how does she feel about it? So it starts because we pray for people who are in war zones, That's and right. so then they want to know exactly what is going oh. on. And so we just done the basics of sort of free countries and countries without freedom. And we had talked about Afghanistan, and we knew that that was yeah. part of the the situation there as well. And and we had friends who took you know, who were befriended interpreters from Afghanistan, got them out of the country. So we were very attuned to that. Yo. And the kids knew about that. Yeah. And now Ukraine. So I have explaining this again. And we've talked a little bit about the Cold War. Yeah. And uh, and my six-year-old said she wanted to make a card. And so oh. she she drew the Ukrainian flag, which is quite easy to draw. Thank goodness. Nice colors. Yeah. Nice color. You, <laughs> just, need, you need two crayons. Yeah, no, just, just a yellow block and a blue block and you're good. That's it. Uh, so she drew a card and she wrote a nice message on the back saying, I'm sorry about the war. Mm-hmm. Love her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was very sweet. And she said, how do I send this to Ukrainians? And I said, oh, well, let me tell you this. Here's a quick solution. 
we can drive because we're in the D.C. area to the Ukrainian embassy, which is in Georgetown. It's just across the bridge. And and we could drop it there for the people. And she found that fascinating. We had a whole discussion about embassies and what that is. And so we all went, all three girls and I, took a trip to Georgetown. Yes. And went to the embassy where I was very gratified to see a steady stream of people coming through, taking pictures, dropping things off, oh, a lot of sunflowers, a lot of yellow roses. Oh, yeah. oh wow. A lot of Slava Ukraini. Ukraini signs. Yes. Uh, so uh, a medium amount of attention there. Where there, there was a small group of Azerbaijanis uh, with their flag. Well, who they were, know. Who, yeah, yes, sure. who were protesting uh, on, on behalf or in solidarity yeah, yeah, with Ukrainians. And now, what was, was the security like there? Because normally you could walk right along M Street. So you can still walk right up to it. There was yeah. one police officer with a car there okay. who I assume is just sort of keeping an eye on yeah. things. But it was, it was pretty chill. People just standing maybe saying a quick mm-hmm. prayer if people lit candles and uh and nice to see the little outpouring of support and nice for the girls to see that okay. happen and, and be part of it Wonderful. when I, when afghanistan happened i was a uh, in my feeble pregnancy and i was like we can do anything that we can do from this house <laughs> but now that was but now we can no you can absolutely go there and then go across the street to pizzeria uno's oh no it's not there anymore it's not, nor is nor is Pete's Coffee the the oh yeah yeah the, the original that's my my fave oh yeah yeah it's many nice. things have changed in Georgetown but I'm glad the, <laughs> the embassy's there. the least of our losses the in the Ukraine our... conflict but I, I'm just saying that is yeah. part of yeah, the yeah, story yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's right that's that right. I attempted well, right. to go to Pete's and that's, was rebuffed yes, yeah, yes. by the fact that it no longer exists um, speaking of Ukraine yeah how about that whew, okay. This is a fast-moving story. There's a lot going on. There's, so, there's, and there's a lot that was like true yesterday that turns out not to be true, and things that were not true that turn out to be true. Yes, and I am, uh, I am not a soothsayer on this subject. However, uh, just just the basics, as you know, uh, as we've talked about on the show, Russia under Putin is sort of determined to reestablish the Russian Empire, the Soviet Union's sort of space in the world and and global power status, and Putin decided to shoot his shot and uh, and go into Ukraine. Now, the original story was it's these eastern areas of Ukraine that are mostly ethnically Russian and Russian-speaking. Yeah. And despite the fact that Zelensky, by the way, I learned this later, had campaigned specifically on reaching out to those folks, he's like, these are not real Ukrainians, Putin says, and we're just going to protect them and yeah, give them independence. Like Sudanians. Yeah. And then the invasion starts and it's everywhere yeah it's everywhere and then the story is it's military targets except it's not it's a lot of civilians targets yeah. tragically a yeah, lot of people are in, are walking by foot to try to get out of the country mm-hmm. a lot of people are in bomb shelters children being born in metro stations i mean really just harrowing stuff also incredibly badass is really the only word yeah, for it yeah. stuff from both Zelensky and his uh, fellow leaders yeah, in the Ukrainian inspiring. government and from civilians who are taking up arms right. in huge numbers now a lot of the viral video I will say you got to be careful with it yes, you're not you sure gotta, where it comes know, from right. uh, so you know keep your eye on that make sure you check in your priors mm-hmm. when you're when you're looking at the video although it's hard to resist a Ukrainian woman with perfect nails and hair throwing a Molotov cocktail right. at a tank. I, right. <laughs> I, I sympathize with your desire to share that. Zelensky also spoke to European leaders uh, This is last mm. week, uh, and the stories coming out of that meeting is that his, his real, very real courage, because he's still in the capital and he's still in his country. 
Nobody is going to break us. We are strong. We are Ukrainians. We have a desire to see our children alive. I think it's a fair one. The story is that his very moving oration about the yes. goodness of this cause and the freedom of his people and the fact that they're fighting for European ideals probably was the thing that turned the tide for international support of Ukraine, which has, and the isolation of Russia, which has ended up being a lot. So, more it, than expected, correct? That's that's right. It was a it was his Churchillian moment. Yes. You know, and 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 telling people that you know that we need to you know rally together and stay strong. He's not leaving, yeah. right? He he, he had uh, turned down a U.S. offer to get him out of the country with the line, "The fight is here. I need ammunition, not a ride." That's right, not a ride. Cause it's like we would have said to maneuver or something is the, the idea. What I find most surprising over the last almost uh, week now, right, because this began, I think, on Wednesday night, is the international reaction that it's more than just limited sanctions and it's more than just the, the usual, you know, thoughts and prayers, right. but actual physical action. So uh, and against, military— And, and personal— uh, Weapons, personal yes. sanctions against Putin himself and other right. major players in Russia. And and you're having countries that have never taken a side or haven't had to take a side in many, in some cases, centuries. So we're talking about Switzerland. You got the Swiss off the bench, that's man. Bad, that's bad news. Sweden? Sweden stayed out of World War Two. I mean. You know, and so they're, uh, Sweden is supplying, you know, hardware. The Swiss, of course, are getting involved financially to make lives very difficult for uh, Putin's oligarch crony buddies, right? And for me, I think the biggest surprise of all is Germany. Yeah. Um, it, I would, I would have said there is no way that they would ever decide in our lifetime, post 1945, to rearm. Yes. And certainly, it was a big deal when they sent peacekeeping uh, troops into the Balkans in the late 90s. That was a big deal. But the, the decision to up their military spending, and to send equipment and military hardware to the Ukrainians and also to bulk up its own defense by buying yeah. everything from Israeli drones to U.S. fighter jets. And to take a hit on their energy, which is it's Yes, and that they are provided. going to try to now not be so dependent on Russia. This is what it took. It took this, and I, and I don't think, I think this is a major miscalculation uh, on, on Putin's part. I, I don't think he expected this. He saw Afghanistan. He saw the weakness of the European Union, the European Union now wanting to send jets, yeah. you know, if that actually happens. And they'll send like MiGs and Sukhois because that's what Ukrainians know how to fly. We're not going to send them F-18s right. to fly. It's not like it's not like Randy Quaid in Independence Day. Remember no. that? He was like he was he was he was like the crop duster if, pi pilot. And then, and then anything, he rams it up the alien. If I know anything yeah. about modern warfare, you can go on TikTok and find out how to. Oh, fly in yeah, five minutes, yeah. five minutes. That's how long it took Randy Quaid. It'll, it'll be in 30-second bites. No, so, I mean, this out. is what, I mean, and I know, so it's not working out the way he had planned it to, mm -hmm. but strangely, he didn't, he didn't prosecute this war initially the way we thought he might with taking out command control and airstrikes on key targets and then rolling in the forces. He kind of rolled in the forces first, um, but again, we're less than a week. Yes, and and that is so a note of caution. Is that of Things course you want to awful. you want to cheer for yeah. the Ukrainians, especially those you know people just taking up arms left and right. 
to defend their country. I, w- I would also, uh, but we don't know where this is headed, and it's likely to get uglier yeah. as, as we go ahead. I wanted to note for, for those who keep hearing the word swift, 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 just a quick definition. This comes, by the way, from our friends at Smart Her News. That's smart with an H-E-R in the middle. It's not for you, Vic. I'm kidding. You can, you can pay attention to it. Smart my friend, my friend Jenna Lee uh, uh, reports on these things in a very unbiased fashion, and she just gives an explainer. Uh, SWIFT is the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunications, established in the early 1970s as a cooperative among 15 countries. In order to link members' banks and generate smooth transactions, it is based in Belgium. SWIFT doesn't hold any money, but it's like a highway system connecting 11,000-plus financial yeah. institutions in over 200 countries. So when you are cut off from SWIFT, you are cut off from doing all sorts of business right, internationally happens. and domestically, right. I believe. That can right. that can have an effect. I saw a picture this morning of, uh, of and this we should keep in mind that the Russian people are badly affected oh. by these sanctions, yeah. obviously. The least of their worries, likely, but one of the pictures I saw this morning was a bunch of people uh, in, a, in a queue at the metro in Russia because it's not taking Apple Pay and other forms Suddenly. of payment. So it, they have to sort of rumble yeah. around for rubles that's right. and pull those out and, and see what they can get done. So that's that's swift. Yeah, increasingly isolated, although I will note, not isolated from discussions about the Iranian nuclear no, no. deal. Because because the administration, the Biden administration, is really they're on the brink of of, of a major breakthrough in order to successfully Allow the Iranians. Oh, never mind. I'm not even going to finish <laughs> that. No, I'm not going to finish it. I'm not going to finish it. But this is so what they're trying this to is, do. This is the revival. Yeah. This is this is the Iran deal sequel, mm-hmm. right? Which, so, by the way, I, I I lived in Vienna for a year. I, yes, I, these my, talks are happening in Vienna. In Vienna, Austria. I would. That would be my goal: is to stretch out the talks as long <laughs> as possible, so I can stay at the Hotel Imperial Understood. or or the the Zacher for like months or years. It would be very exciting. Uh, so, so Russia's increasingly isolated. However, these talks are going on in Vienna. They're expected to possibly come to a conclusion this week, and Russia is in the room because mm-hmm. they're an important actor to lock it or to to work yeah. with the Iranians. Uh, U.S. State Department spokesman Ned Price said on Friday that though the invasion of Ukraine has made Russia quote a pariah on the world stage, the U.S. would continue to engage with Moscow on issues fundamental to our national security interest, which again, yeah, means doing things that lighten sanctions on Iranians while also allowing them to not destroy their nuclear I would say it's a little awkward and probably when they go out to dinner afterwards. I assume they all go out to dinner together, you know, like a table for three, an American, an Iranian, and a Russian, and then, like, what do they talk about? So uh, uh, the, the other thing I, I, I was going to bring up, by the way, is I don't know how you feel about it, but do you think that Putin has a screw loose now? Yeah, I mean— I am an expert on crazy people. No, I, I don't know. Just from, um, just from the social apps, you know. That they just, exactly. Just from my followers. Yes. That, uh, no, I, I don't know. I think that it's one of these things where it's you shouldn't assume he's not a rational actor. He's a mm-hmm. rational actor mm-hmm. possibly working mm-hmm. on completely different values than we have, yeah. right? Yeah. But I do think and this is what I alluded to, this this gets more and more dangerous the more he's in a corner, mm-hmm. right? Yes, uh, because a he, cornered animal. He needs to save face in some mm-hmm. way, and I, I don't know what that looks like. Just merely mentioning that he's going to put nuclear forces on alert, it makes everybody... That's the noise that I make. Th- that, that, was, that, was, that was a real noise. That was not a sound effect. Uh, 
Uh, that makes everybody uneasy, and they're talking, oh, could it be a tactical nuke on Kiev? On Kiev? But uh, it could be a lot worse because if he's completely unpredictable, uh, and you have to hope that, you know, if he decides to go completely insane, that somebody is going to not want to turn the key with him, you yeah. know, if that's going to happen. But it gets everybody worried. I mean, you're hearing all these alerts here in town about have your go bag ready. Well, and President Biden, who, um, look, I appreciate many of the things that he has done on this front, and the sanctions sure. are important, although— you know, we're shooting ourselves in the front on the energy front. But we that being are. said, he, he also said, he said not to worry about nuclear war, guys, which don't don't say the thing. Don't, that didn't. <laughs> no, that, that, that's that didn't right. Help anyone? That's right. It's better. like what he talks out loud at the yeah. last press conference. Ah, they'll probably if they, if they invite if they invade only part of Ukraine. Do I don't think it's worth you know issuing all these we other have, sanctions. This is two presidents in a row where you have a real freelancing problem when it comes to public speaking about foreign policy it is um by the way the pronunciation of kiev yes which uh, i'm sure all of you have noticed that we've we've done the thing where Mm -hmm. we change the way we say it yeah which has always sort of annoyed me about news everyone's just like no we're gonna do it a different way now and and i still like bombay i know calcutta mumbai my friend (laughs) but now it's burma okay i did want to briefly explain why it switched because i was reading up on this kiev and the transliteration we did before, K-I-E-V, was the Russian-approved yes, way that's of doing things. Uh-huh. So now it is part of the information battle or mm-hmm. the, the sort of solidarity to yeah. recognize the Ukrainian way of saying it, which is, or transliteration Kiev. is K-Y-I-V. Some people say Kiev. I was the listening to Ukrainians, and I feel like we've lost the second syllable. There still is a second syllable. Oh, you you think that they say Kiev? It's like it's a Kiev. It's the I, I it's was the listening, ooh. and I thought it was I thought it was they're saying Kiev. So. It's that Slavic. K- but there's a lot I, of other. I could be wrong. Let me just note that. But also, there's a lot of cities that I, I remember seeing their names that are suddenly spelled differently, and not just Kiev. Right. There was Kharkov. Maybe Kharkov was Russian because now it's Kharkiv. Yes. You know, and then Lviv. So Lviv. It's it turns yeah. out it's not just everyone saying making a deal without you guys and saying there we're, was a, we're reason. a new club now. And this is how yeah. we take you. No, no. There was a reason to yes. it for, for it. And I had to figure out that Lviv was Lvov. Uh, at which, or, or as I say, Lemberg, but that's the German version. I won't say that. Sorry, we're, that's what we're they, all learning. <laughs> we're all learning. Uh, okay. And then, lastly, I did want to say on the Ukraine front, a, a bunch of private entities are now sort of tightening yes, the news. Good for um, everybody. FIFA, World Soccer's mm-hmm. global governing body, suspended Russia and its teams from all competitions on Monday, ejecting the country from qualifying for the 2022 World Cup only weeks before it was to play for one of Europe's final places in this year's tournament in Qatar. That's another one. Qatar or Qatar? Qatar. I don't know. <laughs> We don't. We can't even get through this uh, show with all these various cartographic issues. By the uh, way, this yes. this decision comes a little late for the uh, the 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 old ice skaters in the Olympics. Uh, We're like, hey, yeah, IOC, well, we couldn't. You guys couldn't get on board with the old the the FIFA style. Uh, they're definitely band? not getting on board. Yeah, they're definitely not since they decided to have it in Beijing. Yeah, in and of itself, these little things sound like they don't make a difference. But once you start affecting everybody's lives in every little different way, whether it be financially or uh, culturally, or whatever else, getting your supplies, then that's the whole point, is to make things difficult. The only thing that we're not doing, as you know, is the Biden administration is not going to enact sanctions against their oil and natural gas yet. Yes. Yet. For fear of blowback. Yeah. We're we're really, we're at odds with ourselves on this particular issue. Funny, as you know, because if they, the solution our solution, mm-hmm. our getting hammered solution to this would be... <laughs> and we always have one. 
no more yes no more no more russian oil or gas and let's increase the drilling it's crazy talk in it's crazy the united talk. states but it's he so can't crazy do that. it just might work but he can't do that, so um, he's in a bind. Although some energy companies are taking care of the uh, of thing of sanctions on the Russian front for us, <laughs> Rush, British oil giant uh, BP said on Sunday it would exit a twenty percent stake mm-hmm. in a Russian uh, oil company. Ross sniffed. Uh, some French French investments and Shell are also making that decision. And then, lastly, I do want to shout out to my favorite, although still imperfect, billionaire Elon Musk. Yes, I have some I have some issues here and there but i like stuff like this from ukraine one of the one of the vice ministers in ukraine says uh says hey we need internet here because it's getting messed up uh what what about while you're while you're colonizing mars elon you send some of us uh, some of that satellite good stuff you got and he says on it (laughs) and within just like that within 48 hours starlink equipment is in Ukraine, in the hands of people who need it, yep. presumably. Mm-hmm. That's some real private sector efficiency right there. Yes. No, this is going to be the, you know, when we decide to construct the the contact Jodie Foster uh, wormhole machine, he'll be the one to do it. <laughs> and then uh, when we have to stop the asteroid from coming in, like, you know, Armageddon or yep. Deep Impact style, it'll be Elon Musk. Yeah. And to Bezos come to the will make sure that you have uh, hair ties and shampoo while we're doing that. <laughs> That's right. That's I don't right. want to denigrate his contributions at all. Couldn't no. have made it through the pandemic without you, Jeff. I'm serious. No. But it really is an Elon moment with Starlink, <laughs> no, so the, good for him. Star, Starlink and, and those types of projects, that's, yeah. that's, that's that billionaire. That's right. We were talking about the energy front, and uh, the State of the Union has already happened, Vic. Oh, yes. How about that? And I'm sure our listeners are still just, they can't get over how amazing it was. It, I'm, it changed their minds. <laughs> fantastic. By the way, are you... Are you pro or anti State of the Union in general? Uh, uh, I give a slight edge to pro. Okay. Because, you know, it's a big spot. But it really depends. It really depends on who's speaking. Yeah. I'm I'm largely anti. It's I've a spectacle. In, I've in fact made it's the entertainment. Pro- I've made the made the pronouncement several times that I would vote for whoever whomever of any party is whoever of any party just. told me they would just write the letter. As it as, as it the used requirement. To be. Yeah, the requirement. You don't actually if have. It's to. good enough for TJ. It's good enough for you. That's right. But That's right. I understand that you can't turn down, you know, blanket broadcast coverage of a speech about only your priorities. It's it's a pretty sweet gig. It's, I would do stand up if it were me. It's uh, a spectacle, and then both sides, the the the, the hooting and hollering. So. Now we know because it already happened that <laughs> the president spoke about climate change. Uh, that's good policy that he wants to sort of re-up our commitment to those parts oh, of building build back better which by the way the memo went out we're not calling it build back better anymore because that's yeah so he's so, so well. he did not mention that is what you're saying yeah we're not doing not okay. doing build back better all right anymore. crossing um, that off my list but we're, we're going to look to climate change policy and green energy mm-hmm. to to lower prices to lower oh. prices Vic okay that's a made-up thing like wind and solar to lower gas prices? Yes. Okay. In Let's fact, do it. In fact, I, I did. Jen Saki was just on this weekend, on this week, and she was talking about this subject. And I just want to, I saw this clip and I thought, 
Surely that's not from this week. Was it important to the president that masks come off during, before the State of the Union? Is there a message that he hopes to send uh, with, you know, with that news? Well, I would say the president is very powerful, but he couldn't make us be in the green zone that we're in right now in D.C. That's why we are not uh, required. We're not going to be required to wear masks starting tomorrow. So uh, I would say that for him, it had nothing to do with the timing around the State of the Union. Uh, he wanted to give the CDC the time to assess and make recommendations that would be clear to the American public about uh, what their recommendations would be for mask wearing. Okay, we don't, we want to reduce the reliance, but we don't want to up our own production. We want to do yeah. solar and wind. This is, but this, you know, high gas prices was always the point for certain members of the environmentalist left, right? It was it, supposed to be high enough. Thing, now they're like, oh, it'll lower prices, when in fact, the, the, the raising of gas prices has been a feature, not a bug, that's according right. to several it members. A, that, that's exactly right, because uh, it, it's to create this incentive to coerce you into taking a bus or riding a bike to work yeah. in um, February. Do you, do you think that the State of the Union changes any of the poll numbers, which, by the way, again, not an outlier in a, in a big way. He could give this, this yeah. week. This week, Biden found in in the 30s, which is 37 percent. It's not a, it's not a good place to be. Does it change anything? No. And I think the other thing that, that sort of complicates the, the matter is Ukraine and how much he speaks about Ukraine. Now, I mean, the one thing he could do is spend a considerable amount of time saying that we're with the people of Ukraine. This we're in it together, and you know, you win, we everybody wins. Versus, but as you mentioned, the focus is going to be on domestic and, and climate. So, uh, and, and again, this is not our forces. This is not the Americans fighting against the Russians here. This is this is Ukraine. So we're a third party in many ways. Uh, so I don't think that even if things, God willing, go well for Ukraine, I don't, I don't think that has a direct uh, yeah. uh, connection to, to Biden. I think the Ukraine part of the speech, the strongest, relevant. because I don't yeah. like the domestic stuff. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right? Um, but here, here's the pitch from Kamala. As a charter member of the Kamala Harris fan club, I want to play you her pitch for, that, will, that will appear in many an ad, maybe not of her mm-hmm. own party, for the rest of the year. Because as we all know, elections matter. And when folks vote, they order what they want. And in this case, they got what they asked for. I went off script a little bit. Continue to go off script. <laughs> they order what they want. That's, that's what I do on Fat Tuesday, by the way. And y'all, that's a, y'all, got, y'all got what you asked for. Ooh, yeah. so many ads to be made. So many ads. Another feature of the State of the Union, fewer masks. Yes. Fewer masks than we expected. At uh, one point, you'll remember, yes. it was supposed to be like 25 people sitting 18 miles from each other, yeah. triple vax yeah. with, no ma- with masks yes. on. Yes, because it's like that. But I don't know if you know this, the science changed. Our, our th- yes, just in time for the State of the Union and for the optics. It was a wonderful sort of coincidence. My it's question is this, amazing. though. So are you telling me... That Biden's going to speak, obviously, without a mask, because that's what he does. But both Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris will not be wearing a mask behind him. 
Oh. Oh, I guess I guess our listeners know this already. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to cut that part. Uh, that back. was that was a trick question. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, but the, but but the whole thing was, you know, because it was like, are they all trying to protect the president right. from getting it, even if Which, he is uh, triple? He backed. is higher risk. He's in the older. Yes. You know, Und- understood comorbidities. Uh, and but I, I, there was a part of me that wished they did the twenty-five member masked situation, just because it. I think it's a truer picture of what Democrats yeah. are offering on policy yeah, in a, in a it, COVID pandemic world. And it really depends. World. It depends on who are the 25, right? Like you have a smattering well, of members. Well, I'm not invited. I guess. <laughs> they could have had on the Republican side, they could have had Joe Wilson from yes. South Carolina. So he could yell, you lie, he could have said. All but right. yes, the, the science has changed, as you note, conveniently Thank right, God. right, right before mm-hmm. the... State of the Union. And I, I want to note Impact Research, which is the, the pollster for the Biden folks. There was a literal memo that went out. And, uh, and we, have, we have access to that memo. And uh, here's what it says. See if, see if any of this sounds familiar to you, Vic. Give it to me. After two years that necessitated lockdowns, travel bans, school closures, mask mandates, and nearly a million deaths, nearly every American finally has the tools to protect themselves from this virus. It's time for Democrats to take credit for ending the COVID crisis phase of the COVID war, point to important victories like vaccine distribution and providing an economic stability to Americans, and fully enter the rebuilding phase that comes after any war, at least a year too late. But yeah, you know, you know what, you know what, you know what tool is really handy? Natural immunity, antibodies. Okay, no. again, now for a word from ivermectin. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> the, yes, yes, it's uh, they're catching on. Yes. So they say, uh, you know, recognize that people are worn out and feeling harm from years-long restrictions, and take their side. It's interesting that the Democratic Party didn't feel that they were on their side mm-hmm. before that, and it's true. Yes. There, this was an adversarial relationship between many members of the Democratic Party and anyone saying, hey, could we weigh the costs and benefits of these restrictions? And, right. and the response was, why do you want to kill your grandmother? Yeah, no, and, and that worked. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people actually, and, and kids actually, you know, f- would feel that way. I would hear it secondhand, anecdotally speaking, that that was a concern. Don't take your mask off yeah. for the kids. Don't take your mask off. So Rochelle Walensky, Rochelle, 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 CDC director, <laughs> we want... We want to give people a break from things like masking when our levels are low and then have the ability to reach for them again should things get worse in the future. So stay tuned for that, guys. We need to be prepared and we need to be ready for whatever comes next. This is this is the fun part about the CDC's criteria. You ready? Under the agency's previous criteria, close to 95% of U.S. counties were considered high risk. Using the new criteria, the maps just came out, new maps just dropped, new COVID-related hospital admissions, the percentage of hospital beds occupied by COVID patients in new coronavirus cases per 100,000 people, less than 30% of the population is in high-risk areas. You know, if it were me, if it were me, I would simply have changed the colors on the map a year and a half ago. Just flip it. Yeah, just change those colors and magical healing happens. Well, it's really interesting because the, uh, the New York Times COVID tracker uh, site, which I follow, has unrelentingly since like last fall 
said that our area, where we live, where, where we are right here in the recording in Arlington County is, quote, still, it was either extremely high risk or still very high risk. It is still very dangerous. You need to wear a mask even if you are triple vaxxed. Indoors, we recommend you probably find, you know, outdoors is safer because even though you're triple vaxxed, you could still get it indoors. And, and, no. then, yesterday, and then yesterday, according to the CDC, this very county is low risk. Very low risk. Amazing. So what's going it's like on? Ben, here? It's like watching Benny Hen. People getting healed all over the place. <laughs> we got. Uh, we in fact, the superintendent of schools sent the letter saying that, well, according to CDC, we are this area is low, so masks are now optional. Yeah, this is so March first. Yeah, amazing. So this is. You'll remember that three weeks ago, Glenn Youngkin was a psychopath yeah. for alleging Murderer. that people could Murderer. make their own decisions yeah. in school settings on masking private schools said yeah okay we'll do that so uh some kids have been mask free for a oh. while now yes they have the the uh, the northern virginia districts that sued now have their off-ramp which is we we weren't going to listen to you glenn young and we were going to spend a bunch of money suing you yeah however when the cd says cdc says a day before march 1st which is the day that his <laughs> Goes into, effect. goes into effect in Virginia. When they say it's okay, we're going to send that memo and say it's okay. Now. now it's safe. Yeah. And by the way, no opt-out even required. Yes, you that's just right. show up. That's right. One of the things that's telling about the school districts near here is that all of the announcements come with a reminder to teachers and staff not to bully children yeah. who don't wear masks. That's a real thing. Well, uh, yeah. Arlington was a little bit more delicate about it than Fairfax. Arlington said, hey, let's respect other people's choices. Yeah, don't bully people with masks. Right. <laughs> Please remind people that yeah. everybody's everybody's choice is their own. That's right. In Fairfax, there really was a part of the the communications that said to to staff, not not to other students, to staff, make sure that we're not segregating yeah. students based on mask wearing or treating them anyway. Isolating and them I'm in like, a gym. I'm like, why do y'all Remember I can't that? believe you have to tell people that because they are grown-ups. Yeah. But that's no, that's my, our area. My daughter was very excited for today. Her big concern was, you know, was she going to be the only one? And so she didn't want to be the one to, you know, stand out or rock the boat. I get it. And A then lot she of kids was, didn't. But she was encouraged because, you know, some of her classmates were saying, oh, I think I'm going to take it off during lunch. Where they wanted you to keep it on in between. Like, so if you're not actively, like, sticking something in your mouth, then right. you have to have the mask. So... Uh, they were like, I think I'm going to leave it off, and that's going to be amazing. And then uh, other kids were saying the same thing. They were just going to see what happens. Right. And she even said it was so unusual to see. Uh, she caught her teacher without a mask last week because she was taking a sip of water, and, and she said she didn't realize she looked that way because she had oh. spent the entire year. She, 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 the observation was her mouth was smaller than she thought oh. it was going to be. That was the observation. <laughs> but, but there were other kids. You know, She said there was a kid who asked the teacher, if, uh, if, a, if a classmate is sitting next to me with a mask, can I switch seats because I don't feel safe? Oh, without a Yeah, without I mean, masking. that's where they feel. That's where they are. I mean, this we is sh- a real problem. We, sh- we shouldn't have told the kids that. No, um, I mean, this We is, should this not is have told thing. the kids that. Uh, by the way, new news from Pfizer that the, the vaccine yes. for 5 to 11-year-olds, uh-huh. that didn't work so good. How so? Only 12% effective in that, in that group, 5 to 11-year-olds. This is the one that several mm-hmm. districts wanted to mandate. Yeah, yeah, of course. Now, the problem is... As you might imagine, that it's it, it's hard in a study to show demonstrably that you can take 
children five to 11 from basically zero chance of serious COVID to zero chance of mm-hmm. serious COVID. It's hard. It's hard. Teens, teens, you can show a difference. Well, keep maybe. injecting yourself when, with when these you're things. Young. This is really what's it's coming to three, very four. I know I am. I mean, why not? How about the fourth shot? Why not a fifth no, shot? No, but this one, this I just completely think... subsist on Pfizer. Okay, never mind. I'm just, I'm just, I'm done. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Get vaxxed. It's very important to get vaxxed. Do not cut corners no. or try no. to play people no, no. when it comes to children's no, because, vaccines yeah. because it will make them nervous yeah. about Parents, other ones and we don't want to no, do that. we don't want to do it because everything else is very important to get. All these other uh, vaccines are very important. But it is kind of funny and you mentioned the uh, Saturday Night Live skit yes. uh, about this. I don't know if you wanted to go there going in there in this direction right now. But, uh, that's, I do. That's what, okay, good, good. good. You're reading my mind, Vic, <laughs> as usual. Let's see. Let's, this is the this is an SNL skit called COVID Dinner Discussion. Yeah. Let's play a little bit of it. Um, Keith, you know you can take your mask off the table. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know I'm wearing it half the time. <laughs> well, I heard the CDC is going to lift all mask mandates soon. Oh, yeah, I know. It's so weird. It's, it's like COVID's not over, but it's just going to stop. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Oh, you know, that reminds me of this article I read. Oh, honey, where... no one wants to hear about that. <laughs> well, it was in Bloomberg, and I thought it was interesting. What, uh, what article? Well, it Honey. Was, it was just saying how mask mandates had, I don't know, little to no effect on COVID. <laughs> okay, first of all, credit where it's due, it's actually funny. Yes. And uh, they're, they're so close to just outright saying it, but they do kind of say it because what yeah. they're expressing in the skit, what a lot of people, at least, you know, it comes, you've, we've all thought about it. Would it have made a difference if we didn't have a shutdown, if we didn't wear masks? For you personally, everybody has a different story and different, you know, you know your background if you're immunocompromised. Obviously, there's, you know, everybody has a different uh, situation. I understand that. But I think there are a lot of people wondering that if they hadn't gone, you know, two years with a mask, would they still be where they are today? Yes. You know, and some of them, maybe some of them not. Uh, there's still. another segment of this uh, of this skit where... <laughs> Or someone toys with the idea that maybe people shouldn't have been. I'm very pro-vax, but maybe people shouldn't have been fired from their jobs. And everyone's like, no, 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 don't say it. Right. Now, this skit And for boosters, there was a booster joke in there, too. This skit has understandably ticked off some people who got here earlier. I get that. Although I do welcome even our cultural elites coming to this conclusion. Now, maybe not on SNL, but it should come from other sectors with an apology yeah. i don't think it will yeah oh by the way uh, you were right about it but wow. you know who that apology could come from by the way a group of democratic governors who were at a giant fundraising event ah. this weekend they were gathering you know mm. to talk about how hey maybe we went overboard on this covid stuff and how i, I read the memo from impact how do we write this ship and they're thinking like well we've beaten covid this is a democratic mm-hmm. rep Ruben Gallego on Real Time with Bill Murray says, we've beaten COVID. Time to take off the mask. Time to get back to life. Let's open up our businesses and let's everyone go back to having as normal life as we can. We're hearing this from more Democrats. Yeah. And the ones in uh, at the DGA conference were in sunny Florida. Who's the governor there again? I keep forgetting. Well, his name is Ron Death Santis. Oh, Death Santis. Yeah, yes. that's right. Responsible And there's for. a grim reaper on all of the beaches. Yeah. And uh, so they're hanging out there, and Remember I would just that? humbly suggest 
that one of the things they could do is govern in such a way that groups of Democratic governors might want to come to their states Yeah, for a fundraising a weekend. Well, now they can do it in Cape May, New Jersey or somewhere or Atlantic City, you know, now that now, it's uh, safe. Now, in... now that the science has changed. Yeah, that's right. That's ah, right. it's so fun. Speaking of fun. Yes. Vodka. Oh, okay. yes. Oh, oh, boy. Let's do some do some. Vodka okay, what's talk. going on? Okay, here's the deal. A lot of people are pouring out vodka <laughs> in solidarity with Ukraine. Yeah. Now, some people have made mistakes. Things like Stolitnaya, yeah. for instance, not Russian. That's right. And there are some Latvian brands that have uh, been yes, yeah, that have yeah, been yeah, wasted. Yeah, yeah, sadly. Given to, given to the ground. No, you, know, you should be drinking them with in solidarity. <laughs> yes. You know? Can you help guide us through which vodkas we could drink? By the way, in Virginia, where we have ABC stores, which means the government... Mm-hmm rules all That's of right. the, the liquor yeah, distribution. Which in itself is also very Soviet, by it's, the way. It's, it's weird great. to condemn this action, but in itself run a business like the Soviets to run, did, to which run is Soviet a liquor state-controlled yes. liquor store operation. Oh, and they look like oh. state-controlled yeah. liquor yeah, they, stores. They, 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 they do. Virginia ABC Wonders. has removed seven Russian-sourced vodka brands yeah. from shelves across the Commonwealth amid Russia's invasion of Ukraine. As the sole retailer of distilled spirits in Virginia, boo, Virginia ABC remains committed to providing customers and licensees with a wide range of products. However, some of them will be gone. Uh, Youngkin said, I think we have to stand up and take every ounce of economic sanctions we haven't used, and we need the international community to come up with this. And it's a big moment for the international community to stand up and say, we won't allow this. While, you know, this is one of the the small moves that, that the state of Virginia has made. But it reminded me that I have a vodka expert on hand, and I need to know what kind of vodka I should be drinking. Well, thank you, uh, Mary Catherine. It's great to be on your show. Uh, uh, Yes, as the author of Vodka, How a Colorless, Odorless, Flavorless Spirit Conquered America, I can tell you that most Americans do not drink Russian vodka. Uh, So uh, the first thing that comes to mind, for example, is Smirnoff, right? Right. Because Pyotr Smirnoff, Russian, it was, you know, historically this Russian vodka... Americans have never had Smirnoff from Russia, if you don't count, like, the 1876 Philadelphia, you know, centennial centennial celebration where he, you know, showed off his wares. So you're telling me my college fridge is safe. Your college fridge of Smirnoff and Smirnoff ice is safe. Smirnoff uh, came to this country in 1934. It was first first, uh, uh, distilled in Bethel, Connecticut. And now it's Plainfield, Illinois. So unless you have uh, a problem with people from Illinois, you know, keep on. Let's not get into that. Believe me, I've been to Plainfield. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I've been to Deerfield, Illinois. Go ahead and drink it. And that is by far most of uh, the vodka that we drink. Uh, Very interesting, by the way, that um, Tito's out of Texas Mm -hmm. is really the number one top uh, vodka seller in this country. We uh, 27% of our uh, consumption of vodka, of, of all spirits is vodka. So it's uh, more than one out of four drinks is a vodka-based drink, and that is over 78 million nine-liter cases. You know what that comes to? That comes to 186 million gallons of vodka a year, and only 1.3% of our imports is Russian. USA, so if USA. you're not, unless you're drinking Russian standard, Imperia, then you have nothing to worry about. Okay. Uh, Stoli, as you mentioned, is Latvian. Smirnoff comes from Illinois. It's safe. And go out, enjoy Absolute, of course, is Swedish. Also, Kettle One is Dutch. 
uh, and, and, enjoy, and, and Tito's. There's so many options. There's so many options. You have nothing to worry about. The Don't number go freedom fries on your Smirnoff. No, no, you no. Don't need to the, do it. The top, the, 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 the number one imported vodka is French. It's, you know, Grey Goose. Okay. Well, so, so. now we know. Now we know. That's it. There are also, by the way, uh, if you look in pretty much any medium-sized to uh, larger city in the U.S., there are Ukrainian bakeries. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can go to. There's one yeah. in uh, Adams Morgan in, yeah. in D.C. called Delight Cafe, uh, and they're doing sales on Ukrainian flag oh, cookies yeah. and, and fundraising. Yeah. So there are other yeah, ways yeah. And, uh, that and, you can and, help And out. Easter's around the corner. There, Easter's a little bit later, but that's a big thing. The Ukrainians. The, the Orthodox. Yes. Easter. Yes. We, when we lived really quickly, when we lived, uh, Kate and I, in the Kennedy Warren Apartments in the Cleveland Park, there's that little strip of stores where the Uptown Theater is and Nanny O'Brien's. There was a place that was, that, that it was like run by Ukrainians. And it was like, it was a framing art shop, but it also they would have little displays for like, you know, egg painting. Nice. So, yeah. Anyway. Beautiful. Also, a good reminder from our, our friend uh, Carol, who is our our, oh, yes. our sometime Florida correspondent, but is also a Russian immigrant. She is. Uh, she came yeah. over in the 80s um, in a sort of influx of Russian Jewish immigrants at that time. And uh, and she has the friendly reminder, be nice to your Russian friends here in America because yeah. they are not No, they're here Putin for a reason. Friends. That's, right. Are, <laughs> that's right. That's right. They are here to, like, you know, serve you good salmon and stuff. I was like, oh, those are... <laughs> And, and tea story. and tea from a samovar. Am I being am I no, being problematic? Yeah, no, no, not at all, not at all. That wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Please tell your friends, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter at MK Hammer Time on Substack and Instagram, and you can listen to me this week on the Ruthless Podcast. Oh man, with the fellas, you will enjoy it. Our audience and their audience, I feel like, can be friends. Mm-hmm. It's a real, it's a NATO alliance of goofy audiences who enjoy talking about news without being blowhards. So thank you for recommending us to friends and reviewing us. We will see you next time. This is a Nebulous Media Podcast. <laughs>